0: The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithjesus.org. Thanks for listening.
1: If have your Bible open to Ephesians chapter four, uh, we are not gonna be doing a binge of the Bible sermon series. We are concluding a six month reading of the whole Bible. We started in January, tomorrow is our last day. Isn't that awesome? I got ahead of it, I finished it yesterday. It feels good. And now I'm taking a break, Whew, I'm breathing. But it's been a beautiful, uh, today I wanna turn our attention to Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 16 because I want to talk a little bit about what God is doing in the world and what he is doing through the church and how that aligns with what God is doing through Christ church. And I also want to make a really big announcement. Many of you are already aware of this, but today we are welcoming to the pastoral staff Honey Swihart and Jay Warner. This, they are here today and we are officially welcoming them. We, they're Their families are here, their team from Sparrow Ministries and from Kings Road Church are here, and we're just excited to tell you what God has been doing. Before I tell you how God's answered our specific prayers and met our needs and is leading us specifically as a church, I want to back up to the very beginning. The very very beginning is a very good place to start, is it not? And so Ephesians chapter 4 is a chapter in a book that's all about what God is doing in the church after the life and death, resurrection and ascension of King Jesus. And it was a thing that the world did not expect and could not understand. It was new and different and powerful. So the Apostle Paul spends three chapters talking about the salvation that comes in Jesus' name to people, how he has brought that to Jews and Gentiles alike and how he's bringing them together as one. And then he's crying out and praying and he ends chapter three praying that each of us would be strengthened by the spirit, that we would know the parameters of God's love for us and intimately to be acquainted with God's great love in a way that fills us with all the fullness of God. And so this is his prayer. And then he begins to transition to talk about how God's gonna bring about his purposes in the earth through the church of Jesus. And here's what he says. I therefore... A prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk, somebody say walk, to walk, live your life in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity, somebody say unity, The unity of the Spirit. There's a oneness around what the Spirit of God is doing in humanity. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now listen to this unity. There is one body. There is one Spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Do you see the oneness there? There's one thing going on. We are all a part of it. Look at verse seven. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so each one of us has received a grace gifting. Now, this is not in reference to the grace of salvation. We've covered that in chapter one. He's talking about a gift of God for your purpose, your calling, your destiny as part of this whole thing that God is doing that is one So there's this unity and there's this individual contribution. Verse eight explains this as it exposits Psalm 68. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives. Aren't you glad to have been delivered? Our Jesus came, he conquered death, he headed to heaven, and we are in his righteous train set free from the law of sin and death with a hope, a living hope for the future. But when he led a host of captives, he gave gifts to men. Verse 9, in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth, and he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he, listen to this, might fill all things. Do you know that... King Jesus has a plan to fill the whole space. That there is no part of this planet that does not belong to him rightfully and in which he does not plan to dwell in the future. A day is coming when all darkness will be dispelled by the light. When all sickness will be dispelled by perfect wholeness and healing. When all sin will be dispelled by righteousness. When all death will be dispelled by eternal life in the whole earth. That's what we believe in. That's what we're living toward. And that's what we're giving our lives for. And in order to fulfill this global purpose, these are the gifts he gave, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Diverse gifts, but all speech gifts. Authorized messengers, deliverers of God's word from his heart in the moment, the evangelists, the good news proclaimers, and the trainers of those to share their faith, the shepherds to lead God's people from where they are to where he wants them, and the teachers to observe all that I have commanded you. Even to the end of the age, I am with you in this process. These are the gifts he gave. But look, to equip the saints for, this is my favorite word, the work. Somebody say work. Say, I got to get some stuff done. I got a list. God's got work for each of us to do. Equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And this is the building up of strength and love, but also numeric building of of bringing new people into the family of God and this bigger and bigger expression of the fullness of Christ in the earth. And so this is gonna happen until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ, that's a lot of prepositional phrases. For the purpose, verse 14, is so that we may no longer be little children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Listen, this is what you listen to by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There's a demonic spirit behind that trying to lead you astray through what you hear, but rather speaking the truth. This is what those gifts are about. In love, we are all to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. This is where we're going. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped. That means every person in connection with every other person doing what they are called to do in an interdependent and humble, loving way. God begins to express his manifest presence in the earth. And when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This little phrase, verse seven, and again in verse 16, became instrumental for us when we started Christ Church in 2015. Babe, will you pass me my grocery bag? Can you share that with me? I bought groceries. I brought groceries. And the reason I did is because um, in the... In the New Testament, God was doing a new thing. We, we, we say that all the time in Christian circles. We say, God's doing a new thing. And we mean like something fresh and new like now. But in the prophets, when God talked about doing a new thing, he talked about doing a Jesus thing, a spirit-empowered, spirit-baptized thing, a church thing. And guess what? We're all still doing that new thing. Somebody say amen. But it was brand new when Ephesians was written. And there was a bunch of people who had been Jews historically, experienced this new thing of God and now they're being mixed with a whole bunch of Gentile believers. No longer was God relating to his people through a covenant of blood, through your ethnicity and through circumcision and through receiving of the law. But now God's, through the fulfillment of Jesus, Messiah, the son of God, the true Israel, God has is given us a person to look to and to trust in by whom we receive salvation in a new covenant. God gives us a new heart and a new spirit, pours out his spirit on the inside of us. God is doing a new thing. And I wanna just tell you, for centuries and centuries, the Israelites were Cheerios. <laughs> Think about this for a second. They were, they were Cheerios. Um, you know, Cheerios were invented in 1941. Did you know that? We've had everyone who's alive in this room grew up with Cheerios. We had Cheerios. And Cheerios are basically cardboard rings that taste terrible. And they're good for two things, people with heart problems and infants, right? And they're surprisingly popular. And they've always been there. And we always know they're there. Yep, there's the Cheerios. And that's how Israel was for century upon century upon century. They were distinct. They were about a purpose. And they were about demonstrating God's faithful covenant to people that he would bring about once there was a time for maturity. But that time was a time of infancy and God's bringing a maturity into those people. Now, that's the Israelites' Cheerios. But now God's doing a new thing. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but from 1941 until 1976, there was only one type of of Cheerios. Do you guys know what the second type of Cheerios was that came out in 1976? Honey Nut, is that what you think? You'd be wrong. Because the answer is Cinnamon Nut. Yes, the Cinnamon Nut Cheerio, not a success. (laughs) Not good at all. But do you know that today, as as, uh, Cheerios has pivoted in their strategy, they've kept the thing that they intended to do all along, but now they've added over 20 flavors of Cheerios. Did you know that? We got mixed berry, multigrain, honey nut, chocolate Cheerios, peanut butter. There's all kinds of Cheerios. But we all know what the good Cheerios are, don't we? The honey nut Cheerios. These are the good Cheerios. These are the ones for your baby. These are the ones for your daddy, right? That's how this works. And where's my, where's my uh, new parents in the house that got a little, the little Cheerio bowl? Where are they at? You guys got Cheerios in your house? Do you spend your days trying to love each other and picking up Cheerios? Is that what you do with your life? Yeah, because that's part of of your childhood experience is learning that dexterity of, of transitioning from milk to food and learning to get food in front of you and put it in your mouth. Most of it ends up on the floor. That's how that whole thing works out. And this is what's happened in the Christian church is now there's something new. There's a new flavor, but it's not easy to do new, is it? And so new takes some adaptation. And Ephesians chapter chapter four is about explaining to us how God plans to make this happen when every single person does their part. This new unity, there's this old thing God was doing and all these Israelites are welcomed into it to receive it because it's natural to them because it came from their story. But now it's extended to everyone through faith in Jesus and the preaching of Jesus. And now God's building a brand new thing. And so we're trying to be a honey nut cheerio church, amen? Now listen, um, you don't have to be a Christian to come to church. We want people who don't have a relationship with Jesus to come to church, amen? amen. Yeah, yeah, you're Fruit Loops. That's what you are. That's, that's what you are. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here because we want you to be rescued, redeemed, restored, forgiven, and turned into what God wants you to be. Do you understand this? He wants you to be a good gift to the world. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That was a cheesy joke. That was really bad. <laughs> We need to, if you are here with an infant, you can come get one of these boxes of Cheerios because they're buy one, get one. And I have another box in my office for third service. All right, so I'm just gonna put these right here. Now I mentioned that to you because I want you to get a vision for what God is doing. God's doing a new thing. Now that's the church. Now for ages, the church has been growing and going through different cultures and different peoples and it's reached us. And we are here as a part of God's faithful commitment to bring the purposes of God to fruition in the world. Now I wanna tell you a little bit of the story uh, about about Christ church, And it kind of starts in the year 2000, which is the year that Tiffany and I met. And just a few months before we met, um, I had been raised in church. Uh, it, I was a church kid, but I was a periphery kid. You know that kid? The kid you had to drag to church that doesn't want to be here. You know who I'm talking about? You have one of those with you today? That was me. And when I was 18, I was ready to be emancipated from my parents and from church. Um, but I, I did believe in God. And um, I don't know how you can live in this world and not believe in God. Uh, but I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord that was, that was through repentance and faith and, and, de- and dependence. And I didn't have God's spirit on the inside of me. And so I was always struggling with my own conscience and with what God said and with what I wanted. And so um, in my own, my own narcissistic 18-year-old self-focused sense of the world, I'm looking to God to go, tell me, I want you to do for me whatever I ask. I think the disciples asked that to Jesus. And I had this encounter with God when I was 18 years old. And he brought me to a place of conviction of sin. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He goes, listen, uh, I am God and you are not. I made you, you don't make me. And you're here for me. And that's the best thing you could possibly do with your life. And as he brought that conviction, I just buckled under the weight of it. And I said, God, forgive me for my idolatry for all these things that I held up as greater than you, forgive me, and he did, he forgave me. And when I turned myself, my life over to him completely and I said, all right, you're the boss from this point forward, this is when I felt like God called me uh, to work for him, to to work in pastoral ministry. I was 18 years old, nobody saw that coming, least of all me. And and, uh, so I started, I went to my pastor of the church that I was about to leave and uh, I asked him, okay, what do I do with this? And so he started to mentor me and um, I I came on staff. And as a 21-year-old, I came on staff as a pastor in training. That's a dangerous title, by the way, pastor in training. If you ever meet a pastor in training, just be careful, okay? Because young pastors are dangerous. I don't know why we have young pastors. I'm 41, I feel like a young pastor right now. Um, I think if you have a 25-year-old pastor, you should also have some insurance. That's what I think. Because a lot of people who I pastored when I was in my 20s, they, they deserve an apology and maybe a check. But up until about 2015, God is just faithful. He's faithful to lead, faithful to grow, faithful to train, to, to convict and to convince. His word was alive and at work in my heart. And uh, after a series of church crumbles, you know, you've been through a church split. This was like a church dissolve. Um, we were at this place where we had nothing. And, um, but we brought what we did have to the, to the Lord, which was uh, this building, not this nice, and $850,000 mortgage and not enough money to be paid and one employee um, And we just said, all right, Lord, what do you want us to do? And he brought us to the scriptures and specifically some of these verses from Ephesians chapter four. And Tiffany and I together felt like God said, this is what I want you to do. And it's great because whenever God calls you to do something, it's impossible. It's either gonna happen because of a miracle or it's gonna fail. And so I looked at the budget and I looked at our numbers and I said, God, we have 89 days till we're insolvent. So that's your deadline, Lord. And, uh, but 89 days later, um, God had moved and he has every single year, ever since 2015, and we are here today and about to venture into a new and exciting era as a church. You can take some time, and I hope everyone has or will listen to our DNA series. It's linked on our website. It's four sermons that kind of capture for us our center and our essence and our purpose and our strategy. Our center is Jesus. Uh, Definitely Jesus is the center of everything. Can I get amen? And it's our union with Christ by faith, our being joined with Jesus, that really is, in my mind and in our mind, the central and predominant unifying theme of the whole scriptures and what we're all about in ministry. That's our center. Our essence as a church kind of comes out of that, our identity and our purpose and our relationship and and church as we understand it from Ephesians and other other chapters of the Bible uh, is described to us on the wall, like we say, empowered missional community. These are what we are. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit, every single one of us, every member's a minister. We are missional, we exist for our non-members. We are here to bring good news of great joy to all people. Somebody say amen. And we are a community as different and diverse as we are, we're all Fruit Loops honestly uh we are in the same bowl together no pun intended and so we are going to figure this out in community um we are going to make our focus discipleship which means we are learners we are followers when Jesus says it we say yes sir even if we don't obey it so, or don't understand it somebody say amen so we can understand after that's how I get my six-year-old I'm like obey daddy first then I'll explain I get out of the road you know this is how this works um and so we're, we're committed to being and becoming disciples to make disciples. And then our strategy in that series is to mobilize every member. And this is Ephesians chapter four. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Every single one of us has to get in the game because every single one of us has an indispensable part to play in the mission of the gospel, okay? Now, if you zoom out and you go back behind the curtain a little bit, our strategy is actually threefold. We just talk about mobilizing every member, but it's always been to maintain momentum. If you're doing a Jesus thing, it will grow because God brings life, doesn't he? And if you're doing his thing, he's always bringing life. New people are coming to spiritual life. Relationships are going deeper. Things are getting bigger and things are getting better. It doesn't mean we're gonna sacrifice or have a growth at all cost mentality. That gets dangerous. Somebody say amen. But we are gonna maintain a momentum. We're gonna mobilize members. And we've always set out to multiply ministry. We've always sought to be a church planting church. When we had 49 adults in this room and not enough money to pay the power bill at the end of the month, we wanted to be a church planting church. It's been in our DNA from the very beginning. In fact, when I registered the domain name Christchurch Port Orange in 2015, I also registered Christchurch Daytona Beach and Christchurch NSB the same day. And we have had those domain names this entire time. Do you hear me what I'm saying? I didn't know where the mortgage was gonna come from. And I'm I'm planning churches, okay? Because this is about multiplying ministry. Now, this whole thing is about work, oneness and witness. And this is what we're being called into. And we get it right and we're doing it well. It's a wow moment. Work, oneness, and witness. Now, we set out to do this and Christ Church has grown and grown and grown. We had plans up into 2021, 2022, 2023. We were gonna build a 12,000 square foot auditorium. We're gonna get out of the way of our children. We're gonna renovate this space for kids. And we were gonna build a, a campus in Port Orange that allowed us to be a church planting church. And something got in our way, about 4 million bucks. And so we're going, all right, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do here? Because the door seems to be closing on our plan and we don't have any options. And just then he dropped in our lap uh, what is now going to be our second campus at 620 South Grandview Avenue, the historic First Presbyterian Church of Daytona, 24,000 square feet, 300 seat auditorium, 11 classrooms, offices, a fellowship hall, offices for 1.75 million dollars. So we're getting twice the space, half the money, and we can immediately grow into that space instead of adding endless services. And so God's at work, but when he dropped that in our lap, we're like, all right, Lord, this looks different. And also equally as impossible as we were looking at those 89 days back in 2015. And so we said, four things have to happen that are outside of our control. Number one, they have to take our offer, when there's lots of people trying to get this church building. Number two, our donors who just donated for two years to put a million bucks together so that we get a down payment to even move into that building would have to be supportive of us moving all of those funds over into this new strategy. That's a big deal because we don't do a bait and switch on anybody. Then we actually have to have third door, enough people in this location who would attend that location so that we didn't just have everybody here and just us over there. That'd be weird. So we're like, okay, Lord, this has got to solve all of these problems. And then on top of that, if all this works, well, now in order for us to be one church in two locations, we're going to need multiple staff and a bunch of worship leaders. And where are they going to come from? And so the Lord answered door number one, door number two, door number three. We signed on the dotted line and we waited to see what door number four would look like. And I wanna tell this story um, and then I wanna invite Honey and Jay to come up and, and tell us a little bit of how they experienced it. But um, what happened was, we did not have door number four answered at all. We did not know what was gonna happen. And um, Tiffany and I are praying, 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 asking the Lord, asking the Lord, asking the Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And he, he kept saying, I want you to call Honey Swyhart. We know Honey. We're like, no, 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 we're not gonna, not gonna do that. I'm not gonna call Honey. She's doing her own thing. We know she's doing her own thing. She's amazing. Her team's amazing. They're doing something, Lord. They're busy. No, thank you. And then we go to this prayer night for our mission partners and there's Honey and her team. And we're just all praying and worshiping together. And we left and the Lord's like, you need to call Honey. We're like, no, that would be silly. Why would we call Honey? That's not, no, no. And then one random Wednesday, Tiffany goes, I think we should just call Honey. (laughs) So I said, fine. So we stepped outside onto the front porch and we dialed Honey and she picks up, hello? And we're like, this is weird, but this is what's going on. And we just thought we should tell you and just see what in the world you might think about that. <laughs> and what happened next was confounding and astounding and an answer to prayer. And so will you guys welcome Honey, Swihart, and Jay Warner and my beautiful bride to the stage. And let me get you guys some mics and some chairs. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Troy come on, have a seat. And now everyone knows where to sit. So honey, before you answer my question that I set up, would you first please introduce your beautiful family by name to everyone?
2: Yes. Um, this is my husband, Aaron Swihart. (laughs) Our oldest, Scarlett. She's 21. She's at work right now, so she's not here. But then we've got our 15-year-old son Sawyer, and our yes, and our 11-year-old Sophia.
1: And Jay, while we're at it, so why don't you introduce your family, so we know.
3: This uh, this is my wife, Emily. She is a uh, she's a nurse at Advent Daytona, and. Uh, I have a 21-year-old son who lives in Nebraska right now. Um, My 17-year-old daughter, Isabella, Bella, and then my uh, 11-year-old daughter who is also a Sophia. So there you go. It's spelled different. That's how you know the difference.
1: Yeah, just to keep it interesting. So honey, what was it like for you? You get a phone call on a Wednesday morning. It's Tiffany and me.
2: Yeah, it was, it was crazy because we had been in this point, at this point where we were planting a church, we'd been in it for a year and we've been believing for a building. And so we'd kind of been nomads going from place to place, doing the setup teardown. And every time we got to the point where we'd start to sign on a lease or, or look at purchasing a building, God said, wait wait, I have something for you. And, um, and we'd have random people just say, you know, I just keep praying and I really feel like the Lord says that he's already got the building, that you don't need to pursue one. And then um, I kept getting words that, that I was gonna get a phone call out of the blue. And so I was, I was getting ready to go into a regional pastor's meeting. I was sitting in the parking lot and that's when they called and I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. I'm like, Lord, could this be the the out-of-the-blue phone call. Like, is this it? Like, I love Jesse and Tiffany. We've known each other for a decade. I love them. We've ministered here at this church. I've served in VBS. Like, we we send people here constantly when we evangelize. But I never, never in in the craziest, wildest dreams could I have imagined that this was how the Lord was going to do this. So I was stunned. But at the same time, the peace that passes understanding flooded my heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Yep. And so, Jay, we didn't really know you that well. Yep. We had met a couple times at a couple different events. Still
3: don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for some surprises. Here we go.
1: Why don't you tell everybody where you come from and uh, how you got here?
3: Okay, so uh, a little over a year ago, um, my wife and I had been, we have been pastoring in Nebraska. I was at a church for um, serving for um, almost almost 20 years. Um, we were the lead pastors there for uh, almost eight and the Lord just really planted in my heart to, uh, to transition our family um, into what we had no clue. Like we didn't, I didn't quit, or sorry, I didn't, I'm a quitter. Um, <laughs> but we didn't step away from ministry in Nebraska with a plan to move to Florida. Like uh, we just knew that there was something stirring in our hearts that was new and different. And um, the biggest thing was I understood when that grace um, lifted from leading that group of people who are absolutely amazing and wonderful people, uh, when that grace lifted, I'm suddenly in someone else's grace. And so I never want to find myself in that place. And so we stepped away from ministry um, there in Nebraska and uh, came um, through through mutual friend, Aaron, and my parents, uh, we came down and met Honey And uh, realized really quickly that the Lord was doing something amazing in Volusia County. And we just really wanted to be a part of that. We didn't know what it looked like. We didn't have a building. We didn't have a church. Uh, All we knew was the Lord had put it in our heart to come. And when you say yes to Jesus, he works out the rest. Amen. Uh, We have a saying within our culture that obedience is success. And so this whole last year has just been okay. Obedience. Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And when you're walking in peace, all the other Peripheral things really kind of fade away, and so um, we. I I came down just to kind of check it out. I lived with uh, my good friends Larry and Vicky in their basement uh, for a little while. Unfortunately, they have rented that out to someone else. Um, Super frustrated that I don't have a home anymore. But no, Um, family moved down here a little. Like I said, a little over a year ago, Um, we recently purchased a home in Venetian Bay, and uh, are just. Seeking the Lord, and so when this all came up, we were like, Okay, God, you're better than what we thought you were. <laughs> like, you had a plan the whole time, um, and it's been good, yeah, and it's gonna be good. So.
1: so, we when we reached out to them, obviously, I don't know, if you guys know how this works, you guys aren't in, in the backgrounds of all the way churches are led, and uh, but when you're trying to do a thing like this, typically everyone's doing their thing, and we do it our way, and then we have a way that we're trying to get things done, and so there isn't like this type of alignment doesn't really happen. So I didn't have in my mind any idea that you guys would join us or your whole team would join Christ Church and then we would do this together. But I did know like we need a pastor or pastors and a bunch of worship team members and a bunch of worship leaders in order to make this work. And I don't even know where we would even find that. So I had no expectation when we called, honey. I didn't even know Jay. And then, but very quickly, we all felt like the Lord was like, this is it. But it was weird because like we felt it was a yes but we didn't have any of the answers to any of the wisdom questions, you know what I mean? So we had these like series of like afternoons in our living room where we were like giddy and at the same time like now listen, you know? <laughs> like this is a non-negotiable for me. And so we had this conversation. Yeah, it felt, it felt like it on the inside, you know? We were like, we were like, this is so exciting, this is so cool, but listen, we're not gonna budge on this, you know? And then you guys would have one and we have one and both of us were like, that's our thing too. We feel the exact same way. And so it was like one thing after the next, we felt like, man, this is like such good alignment. The Lord is in this. But also like, it's a new-ish relationship. And so we really, what we're running on is faith and obedience to Jesus. Uh, but it feels wonderful, doesn't it? And we've, like you guys, have tried other things, pursued other things, hoped for and thought about other things and, and got to a point where we are like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I'm not supposed to do this. And, um, and so following Jesus brought us to a place where we didn't know what the future would hold. Uh, but now we're having this, this kind of experience. Um, honey, you have like a, a, a rich ministry background as well. Why don't you tell everybody about that and like your 10 years before here and then your 10 years here.
2: Okay, um, yes, yeah, so my husband and I and our kids, we moved here about 13 years ago from Nashville, and I would serve in various ministries there, and I church planted back in California long before that. Um, but moving here, um, I uh, immediately um, started as a worship leader at Salty Church in Ormond, so I was there for a few years, um, and then I came on staff at Tomoka and helped them start a ministry for 20 somethings, um, and then also served on their worship team, and then I was the worship pastor at a church called Thrive for five years. Um, and then, <laughs> as the Lord keep moving, <laughs> keeps moving me, but um, so then the Lord said, I want you to launch out and start a ministry. And it was this whole faith journey of, okay, what is this ministry? What do we do? And he said, I want you to ignite and unite the body of Christ in Volusia County. And I want you to do that through worship and evangelism. And so through that, about almost four years ago, the Lord brought together this incredible team of power, Passionate lovers of Jesus who will not stop at any cost to preach the gospel and minister the love of Jesus to all those we encounter. So, we've had some incredible adventures over these past few years, but a year ago, it became evident that God was calling us to plant a church. And then that's when the Lord partnered up. Jay and I and our leadership team, and our ministry teams, and our family. And we, and we call each other family because that really is the culture of who we are. We've walked through thick, thick and thin together. We love one another so well, and we are so excited. We, we feel that same culture here. And I just want to tell you guys, we are so excited. You guys have cultivated such an incredible body of believers yeah, who love yeah. so well. You guys are so loving. You look a lot like Jesus, and yeah. we are so excited to call you family also. Yeah.
1: yeah we love two things that are obviously the same and different. Both of you guys have extensive ministry background and experience, but having known Honey up close and Aaron and their family over 10 years plus, what we've seen is that she always says yes to Jesus whatever the assignment. It's not easy to go from place to place to place. It isn't easy to leave a place that you're comfortable and go do something new. And one of the things we love about Honey is that she goes wherever Jesus says. (laughs) The other thing I want to say about Jay, because I didn't really know Jay. Actually, I didn't know, and apparently I still don't. Uh, but, you know, I, I got a good vibe from Jay, and then. but I'm not a vibe person. Some of you are like, you get it. You're like, oh, I'm sensing all the vibes off this person. I have like very small radar. Be-doop, be-doop. So, um, so I cyber-stalked Jay. That's what I did, because he's a pastor, which means all of his sermons are on the internet. And so I just started like, I wanted to listen to him, all the things he said, all of his little uh, idiosyncrasies, all the stuff. One of the things I will tell you, though, is when that grace lifted for him to function as the lead pastor of the church they were at in Nebraska, the way that he led that church through that transition was one of the most gentle, patient, loving, and wise things I've ever seen. That move is done badly so frequently. And to see it done well, spoke volumes to me about his character, his commitment, the way he honors the Lord, um, and just his heart as a pastor. And so like that was one of the moments where I was like, I don't know this guy, but I like this guy. (laughs) And I trust him for for going in this direction. So that's been part of the journey. I'm excited for you guys to get to know everybody. Um, I do want to bring up uh, everybody who's here who's a part of your team and your families and our team. And I'd like to have Ron Ellison, who's here. He's, uh, he's, he's known me my whole entire life. Ron was at the church as a, as a leader, the, church, the first church my family brought us to when I came to Daytona in 1990. He was my Sunday school teacher when I was eight years old. He's one of my oldest friends, and he's been a board member of Christ Church since 2015, since we started and started praying with me every Tuesday as a young pastor. And so I'm super grateful for his um, support and friendship and, and uh, leadership. And then Steve, Jay's dad is here, and he's in an oversight role at a number of churches uh, throughout South and Central America and in the US. And so I'm going to ask both of these two guys uh, to pray for us. Babe, what did you want to share first though?
0: Um, it's... I always feel like whenever I share the same thing, first service. I don't know this. The two, three service thing is still really hard for me. So, but I just want you guys to hear genuinely from my heart what a joy it is to lead and to pastor. Um, You guys, when we would get together with them in in our living room, I just would tell them like we have the best church ever. Like the people are so genuine, and they're so kind, and they're so loving, and they're so generous, and. In my heart, like I just, I love when Philemon, um, it says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. And I just feel like this is just like, us just, we're going to be like deepened into like the understanding of every good thing that we share together in Jesus Christ. And um, so you guys are just such a joy to pastor and to lead and to love and... We're just so, so, so excited. Yeah. Um, we really have waited patiently on the Lord yeah. for this. Yeah. I mean, the Lord knows all of the prayers. And we have been very hesitant because we do love you yeah. to not quickly do this in the any way, the, the that it's not the wrong timing or the wrong people or anything. And so the Lord has been so faithful to lead us. And we're right. so grateful. Yeah. That's good.
3: I, can I, one thing, and this is kind of, um, I want, our journey over the over the past few years and especially the past four months has been, um, like I said, just one of pure obedience. And it, that couldn't have happened without some really good people along the way to love us and support us and help us. And you'll meet some of those people in just a moment. But um, two of those people who are here right now that have opened their doors and took a risk with us um, are Colby and Jen. Listen, Uh, Many of you know them, they own, I don't know what, uh, like the Lord has such good things for you guys. And he honors those who honor him and you guys have honored him so well, even by uh, opening your arms and your family to us. And we love you so much and we can't wait to continue to support uh, the porch on Beach Avenue in Daytona Beach. Go there. Um, No, but honestly, um, there's been open doors along this path, but there's been people who have become family and we can't wait to continue that. We can't wait to see what God does through this. And so we love you guys especially and the rest of our team you're about to meet, but um, thank you. Thank you guys so much.
1: Awesome. Great. Let's come on down here on the floor. No, I'll take it. Thank you. And if you guys come on up and join us here down here in the front, don't be shy. I know you want to know everybody's names, but that's what Sunday fun days and name tags are for. Come on up, everybody. And where's our team? Gary, are you here? And Bill? And yeah, they're coming. And Josie's here. Great. Josie can be in this service. Thanks, Josie. We love you so much. Gary's now a married man. We're just celebrating all the Lord's blessings. Yeah. Here you go, Ron. Let's pray.
4: Father in heaven, it is our great joy to come before your throne. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. It is our great joy to see this group of dear folks gathered before us today to join themselves with us here at Christ Church. Those you already know, Father, have joined themselves to the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father, for the, the time that we have in, 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 in being members and attendees of Christ Church. We look forward to the day, Father, that many more, not to be a megachurch, but to many more will join us in knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior in our midst, Father. We thank you, Father, for every person who has joined themselves to Christ church to become disciples and to make disciples, Father. And we thank you, Father, for this group of dear people And we ask your blessings on them, their lives, their families, their homes, and all that they are, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.
5: Father, you invited us to partner with heaven in praying. And you taught us to pray this. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And I thank you, Father, for planting this place in Volusia County where the kingdom comes. Father, we ask that your kingdom would continue to expand and be released in glory and power throughout this region. Father, I thank you for, for these pastors who have been so faithful, for these people that have, have gathered and established a, a bulwark from which to grow. Now, Father, I pray that you would continue to increase your goodness and your glory through this region, that it would be known as a place where heaven comes to earth. Yeah. Father, I thank you for, for the call of God that is both pleasurable and perfect. And Father, I thank you for, for seeing your handiwork in the blending and the calling of, of your goodness. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Let your kingdom come.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you, Steve. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for letting us pray over you. That's really it. We're out of time, but I did want to just say, um, as you guys are fixing to leave, let me say this. Um, This is the first time in the history of Christ Church that we have hired a female in a pastoral role. So you guys know, you guys know... My wife, Tiffany, she leads with me. Um, she doesn't want to be called a pastor. She doesn't feel called to be a pastor, um, but this is new for us. and It is a hot topic. It's one I've taught on before, but because of this change, I really feel like it would be really healthy and helpful for um, Honey's sake, but also for our whole church and for the, the community that we're seeking to reach to think biblically for a moment about God's design for women from creation and so I want to do that with you. I was raised a Calvinist, a charismatic, and a complementarian. Um, but in my commitment to God's word, I've come to make adjustments to all three of those things that I was raised as. And so um, I'm, I'm committed to the scriptures. We don't do anything pragmatically in opposition to God's word. Can I get an Amen. Um, and so next Sunday, I'm going to take us through a journey of understanding what God's word actually tells us and where I feel like there's been some errors in our culture. And I know this is a hot topic right now with the SBC and so on, um, but I think it's going to be a really important conversation for us to have. If you disagree with me at the end of that, it doesn't matter. We're not, actually, we're not asking anybody to leave. We're not trying to split over anything like that. Um, but it is important for us to start that conversation because it is going to matter. Amen. And so come on next week, bring a cup of coffee, dust off your thinking cap. We're going deep, all right? All right, we'll see you guys next Sunday. Thanks so much for being here.